All right, so it is, oops, oops, that's in the way. It is currently 3.55 p.m. for me, like on my side of the world, Mountain Standard Time, for our guest here, Mr. David Simon Simonich the third. Simon. Simonich. Okay, so like Simonin. God damn yeah, it. Simonin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. this is going to be episode six of the Anatomy Podcast, Sean Cross's Anatomy Podcast. And what we do is we take about an hour of our time in which I really appreciate you for stopping by and deciding to sit down and enjoy this with us, kind of dive into the formula, offer your perspective as a musician, all that fun stuff. Basically, we'll be having two different sections. And not only that, but this episode will be the first that is scripted. So like we're, we're all good to go. We know exactly what we're talking about. We're going to put some good time into the questions, but we have two different sections for this podcast. For those who are new, we have the first section in which we learn about the individual. We are talking with themselves as a person. And as a musician, we'll be taking about half an hour to do that. And then session or part two, is going to be the actual anatomy part of the podcast. We're learning about the band project itself. Why is the name the name or that type of thing. But again, we have the scripted questions. So like it will be pretty specific, but you guys will still get plenty of juicy information. But our guest, David Simonich, the third, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Of course. So that being said, we are going to jump right into the first question. I'm sure you have plenty to talk about with these first three questions, but question being number one, as a creator, what was the moment that your creative mindset sparked? Um, as an artist, I'd like to say like in middle school, whenever like I started like dabbling into music seriously and art seriously uh, to kind of just like use as an outlet uh, for myself, um, just like, I don't know. It, it's kind of like whenever that's kind of, I'd like to say definitely around like middle school area is kind of like where my creative mindset definitely kicked off. Right. Um, moving forward, like into like high school and stuff, that's whenever I started getting into poetry and everything. So like, I'd have to say in my like teenage years for sure, uh, that's whenever it fully like spiked into action and I started actually utilizing that talent that I didn't know I had. Right, right. And creatively speaking, as a fellow creator myself, like when it came to that type of thing, yes. Like I have very, very similar answer. And I think it's safe to say that most people do. As creators, as musicians, lyricists, people who get into theater, it usually really sparks on average, I feel, in middle school. But... I do apologize. It seems that we ended up just kind of like jumping like forward a lot and we didn't yeah. even really like introduce you. And I do apologize about that. So tell us, a bit about, tell us a bit about yourself. Like what do you do as a musician, as a creator? Um, like literally everything you're willing to tell. Everything okay. You're well, not, you're good to go. I am David Simonich. I do vocals for signs of the swarm. Uh, we are a deathcore outfit out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, we pretty damn heavy, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know how yep. we do it. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, um, but like as a general artist, like 
me personally, like I kind of like dabble into lots of different things. Uh, mm-hmm. I craft a lot and like hobby a lot, and I apply that kind of stuff to like our music videos and stuff. Actually, um, but yeah, uh, sorry, I'm trying to like think of like some other cool stuff that I could talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I usually suck at these things, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no pressure at all, buddy. No pressure at all. Take all the time but, uh, you need. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I just, like, pretty much just, like, make weird noises for the most part. <laughs> like, I just do, like, sick gutturals and, like, do false chords and stuff like that. Uh, you're attached yeah. to the artist, right? Or you're um, Well, I was. I was an apprentice at you one point. Apprentice. Yes, I was. Um, but I chose to step away from that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just uh, wasn't working out for me at this point in time in my life. You know, um, like I said, like as an artist, I like to dabble around in many things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Digital art, um, just physical art. Yeah. Like um, I make props for our music videos, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, that... I like there's only one word that I would usually use to apply to such a wide variety creative entrepreneur basically what I see before me and what I think over time of course I'll get more established but what me and people like David share is that we try to utilize as many creative mediums as possible and contribute it to our primary creative medium which would be music so for example as he said before um he has made props for the music videos and stuff lots of really really cool stuff including the chains hanging from uh from a good old david from sentinels in pernicious which i thought was really fucking cool actually kelly uh harris handled those actually she handled that stuff like i handled the wardrobe costume shit for that one uh the collection i did it all of that and uh for our next upcoming music videos i did the props and special effects and stuff well good that we corrected that here now <laughs> yeah i just wanted to make sure i wasn't taking kelly's clout because she is a very very talented artist and i am very grateful she worked with us on pernicious because she really brought the the imagery we were looking for to life you know right of course and shout out to kelly to say the least we all, yeah. we all appreciate you for making mad awesome props for a filthy, amazing song, music video, etc. Question two being, who has inspired you the most in life, period? Um, my main influential person in my life is my grandmother. Um, I call her my Mima. Um, She's like a warrior, dude. She like taught me how to take the world and just run with it man you know like uh she really pushes me to be the man that i am um she's the one who convinced me to jump in the van and go that's awesome so whenever i initially joined science um she's the one who convinced me to go because i wasn't going to do it i was scared to quit my job and just completely uproot my life yeah you know what i mean and uh she's like a big big anchor in my life i'd say that and she definitely inspires me every day to be a better person awesome and i mean hell yeah sometimes it is indeed your family members 
that help you just make that final step forward, that final push forward. So yeah, she's really my backbone, man. She's like my crutch. I go to her for everything. Yeah. Hell yeah. And shout out to Mima. I'll just say the yeah, dude. Shout out Mima. She might be even. She might even be checking this out. You never know. Right. She'd exactly. be watching my Facebook, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, definitely appreciate um, you like basically inspiring and encouraging David to move forward because now, I mean, you've been in a handful of tours and not just with signs. Um, but like, you know, just in general, <laughs> I've toured so much. Yeah, I've got I'm like pushing in double. I'm past double digits now. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the craziest thing, too, is when people like me have the opportunity to sit down with individuals such as David. We're both human beings, for sure. We're both music enthusiasts. We're both creators. But you have to, like, definitely acknowledge that there is a very, very different creative resume going on here <laughs> with the other most compliments you know what i mean and that's really really what's awesome is how like i mention this every every episode and i'm pretty sure for those who have listened to every single episode it kind of gets stale but the point remains the same we're very very intertwined it's a very humble community a very very humble brotherhood i would dare argue and I mean, yeah, we just were able to do things like this because we're not fucking held back by Columbia Records or just other record labels in general who just like, I don't know, like it kind of feels like sometimes not that I would know for sure. So disclaimer, I don't know for sure. But like in certain situations, when you get higher and higher and higher in the music industry, it seems that you're a lot more restricted as a human being. But that's just me. That's just a theory. Disclaimer. Not that I know for sure. And uh, uh, on the behalf of Signs of the Swarm, Unique yes. Leader Records treats us very well. Right. Uh, I'll just say that out front. Like, we're very happy with Unique Leader Records. And yes. uh, shout out to all my team over there. You guys are fucking awesome. And yes, hell yeah. Unique Leader Records, Rise Records. There are plenty of re record labels in the counterculture music scene that very much treat their bands with the uttermost respect, uttermost humanity. So, yes, always appreciated. Um, next question being, number three, what are the biggest lessons you would want to share with our audience? Um, determination. Determination. That's, if, you say, if you stay persistent and consistent, you can achieve anything. Yeah, hell yeah. And um, I guess... Provide us some examples of uh, how you uh, best My things. perfect example is is that, like, I contributed doing music, like, within Providence for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd say that, like, put in a lot of, like, effort with that. And, like, you know what I mean? And then opportunities purvey on themselves whenever they show that you're, like putting your heart and soul into something, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's how I even got noticed, yeah. you know? Yeah. exactly. Uh, you just have to be persistent and just keep doing what you love and your dreams will become a reality. You know what I mean? Like I never, I, five years ago, I would never say like, damn, I've, I'm going to tour fucking Japan and Asia and yeah. Europe, I would have never fucking thought that, dude. And then literally a phone call changed everything. Right. You know? 
Yeah, exactly. And opportunities like that definitely come with hard work. When it's that's what I'm saying. Like, and yeah. if you stay just dedicated and you just keep pushing through all the hard times, it it will get better. It always does. You have oh, yeah. to get through hell. You know what I mean? Like, then if you want something, you got to put in the work. You know? Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, it has to be passion behind it. It just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like. You can't just be just chasing something just because like you that's just something cool you think, you know what I mean? Like you got to you got to breathe that shit, man. You know, like it's just like mm-hmm. you got to be like solely dedicated. Yeah. And the moment that like basically though again, I have not plugged that much into like the business side of things or the more professional jump forward as a creator, as a musician, etc. Um one thing I can say is that if anybody out there like ever has doubts and just like doesn't really have the firepower mentally or spiritually and like doesn't really have a love for what they do, like simple as that, man, that just means it's a fork in the road and like there's a little bit of a curveball. Um, but that's about it. Like other than that, it's all about passion. It's all about dedication, all about willpower. And individuals like David, like Dane Evans, and the rest of the guys into the grave, or literally anybody else who has happened to be on this podcast so far, they are a demonstration of what willpower, determination, as David said, and just passion and love for the thing that they do. That's how that just really, really, like, it works. It just works. And the results are already showing it for this podcast, which is super cool. First time ever today. Uh, yeah, today. I had a random freaking band email me. Really, really cool stuff. And it's because I have never stopped. So it works for everybody. The formula applies to everybody. Utilize it, people. <laughs> Utilize it without a doubt. So basically, that will be probably what will conclude for the first half of this session as far as the questions and stuff. We've provided plenty of commentary for those questions and maybe a little bit too much on my end. So I do apologize, (laughs) but migrating into the next part, the next half of this, of the podcast will be the anatomy part itself. We're learning as much of uh, as much about signs of the swarm as we are allowed to at this moment. (laughs) So (laughs) first question being, what does signs of the swarm mean to you? It means family to me. Um, I've grown so damn close to every member of this band. Um, I see them as my brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see them as like band members or like, you know what I mean? Like I just see them as family, you know what I mean? They established a name uh, before I joined. Um, it kind of like, it was like, this, like Annabelle's like son, like sonnet or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was it was gonna be something like really like off the wall. I had a girl's name involved with it or something. Oh, um, but then it kind of just like evolved into Signs of the Swarm, and it kind of just like that's it. You know what I mean? Like it just came down to it, like last minute, like this is it, Signs of the Swarm. It's it. Right. And uh, but to me personally, um, I'd say that it means family to me. Yeah. Um, just because like Bobby, he's like my brother, Corey, I've kissed him more times than <laughs> <laughs> I can even count. Um, Jacob, like fucking, 
me and him be snuggling in the van like fucking Jeff. He's fucking a great guy. I've known he used to be in my old band in Providence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and moving forward with us, like, that's really cool. So, like, it's just like it's all family, dude, you know? Hell yeah. And has like speaking for that kind of secondary uh, answer that you had, which was like definitely in my head, more or less what I was diving into. But definitely like hell yeah, brotherhood, family. Um, has there been a meaning for the name, which kind of correlates with that question still? So, I mean, all good to go. See, like, that's more of like a Corey question because like he can like he can dabble into like the he's like one of the people that created the name. Right, right. Uh, but that's like more of like a Corey question. Yeah. Uh, like, I think like they kind of just were like tried to go for something that sounded cool. You know, I think <laughs> that's like what it kind of came down to. Right. Right. Um, because like I know that they weren't trying to like. I don't know. I it, I just create a lot of it, depth with the I meaning. Think, I think it kind of just like came up with the name. You know. Right. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds lame, you know what I mean? But like, that's, I think that's no. how it happened. No, you're good. You're all good to go. And yeah, more or less, um, what I was, what I was going to ask is like, as far as the meaning of the band name itself, have you like established a head cannon as far as like a fun little thing behind it? Or is it kind of like, yeah, it's signs of the swarm. <laughs> it's just signs of the swarm, man. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that signs of the swarm has evolved into a brand name verse just a band name you yeah. know what i mean like uh you see someone walking down the, sh the street like you see that bug logo man you know who it is you yeah. know what i mean like hell yeah you, you it's just like you if you at least if you listen to the demographic of music you know what i mean mm -hmm. but you know what it is it's a brand and right. at this point um but like it's uh it's just yeah. it's signs of the swarm. <laughs> yeah, and, you that's, know, that's like... all it needs to be. <laughs> but hell yeah. So, and I do appreciate you providing the commentary that you did for that question. Question two being most important or vital haha, part <laughs> when writing a signs of the swarm song for you, as originally, um, or when you were writing vital deprivation per se. Not just diving into the lyrical components, um, but just like like yeah, moving from. Uh... Moving, I'll, I'd like to actually address like the difference from writing uh, Vital Deprivation to writing our new album that I can't disclose the name yet. Right, that's fine. Uh, like it kind of, it went from like just me writing everything like lyrically and kind of just like them giving me ideas of like where they wanted to go type realm, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, like kind of it turned into more of like a group effort, like where we actually were like chiming in the entire time. Right. It wasn't just like, Oh, here's a topic that I want to do. So like for our next record, like it's more of an actual unit writing That's compared cool. to just me. Yeah. And I really feel like that it shows because it really helped us all like stay on the same mental plane of like, we want this to be the next movement. Yeah. for us you know like so um just like it being a collaborative experience was a very vital fucking <laughs> yeah. uh experience for like plus like changing 
your method mm-hmm. to it, like kind of try to get some evolution going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say like that's probably a very crucial part of me creating Signs of the Swarm because like I always have that need where I want to up myself from the last song I did or the last album I did or the last single or like what's the next thing that I can do that's like my own thing you know what I mean because like I don't want to be like one of those guys that are like copying everyone in the metal industry you know what I mean like that's that's bunk yeah like so like I'd like to just say like I'd say that's probably the most important part is just like the evolution of writing Always trying to up it. Always trying to evolve yeah, and like like always, progress as exactly. a yeah. Hell yeah, man. And yeah, I have like sixty plus songs stuffed away for the projects that I'm planning to do. I have them already for like album concepts. And then on top of that, I'm aiming to be an author. So I completely understand how important it is to like continue to evolve as a lyricist or as a musician in general. And then on top of that, you have the more the the, the marketing standpoint in which like just as that type of person people like me are asking these questions like huh how is this song different from the last song and you're like well i tried to make it better i promise (laughs) yeah see like with a new record like i've even brought back concepts from vital deprivation as continuances that's cool that's cool yeah um i that was something uh that i wanted to bring to the table because a lot of people don't do that anymore you know what i mean that was something that's like more on like concept type bands that they kind of do, you know what I mean? But, um, I felt like I could adapt that in with like my real life, like spin on things on how I write. Like I tried to use like a real dark and ominous tone of writing my lyrics and try to keep it in that whole spectrum, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I like to try to seem like I'm writing like a horror film, but for music, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is, like, I've uh, people like Mark Garrett who have had the opportunity to like talk with Dickie Allen. Very, very much a tangent. Um, but basically, that's what Dickie said too. Is when it came to writing Infant Annihilator lyrics, he basically wanted to be a horror movie director or a voice actor. So he decided to implement both of those. And that's what half of Infant Annihilator songs are. It's basically just a horror movie, and people get offended. But he's like, "Dude, I'm writing horror metal." basically yeah like there you go and that's that's the cool thing it's nice and edgy it has like a gritty gritty grimy tone to it and obviously we love it because these guys have been absolutely amazing they have had plenty of reception behind them awesome record label that they're on etc like they're doing good these guys are doing good um that being said most like recent songs the last two installments of the story of signs of the swarm thus far being pernicious and the collection we wanted to dive in into those songs a little bit kind of represent them on the podcast prepare for what is next what is to come and i'm so excited not that i know anything about it but either way i'm really hyped because these guys have been these guys were actually two of the first bands period that i listened to in the deathcore scene that i was like oh shit okay this is actually really cool i used to think it was like not so great um because the bands like organectomy or volvidonia that i first ran into but now i love those bands as well go figure um so organectomy they're such great guys yeah. I, I did a tour with them yeah 
The same, yeah. the same tour I met you at. The same tour. Yeah, that. yeah. Shit, fucking. <laughs> no, you're damn. Good. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that it was the Disentombed one, dude. So many tours, they so like fucking tours. melt together, dude. Sometimes yeah, I swear. I swear that was such a legendary night. Like meeting Luca, realizing how fucking tall he was. Like, dude, whenever I seen how tall he was, I felt so short. <laughs> yeah, I like, it's like I'm usually the Luca of the group. You exactly. know what I mean? Like. Him and, and fucking Tyler, man. Tyler Shelton, they are giants. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, They're I don't huge. understand. But they'd be feeding them good down in Florida, dude. You know? <laughs> Eating lots of <laughs> shrimp, fucking, lots of cajun, yeah, just spicy fucking, shit, bro. No, because like Alan's tall as fuck too. He is. But, yeah, he's oh, like as fuck? tall as I am. I think. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, he's like same height as me. I, I'd like to say. Huh. Yeah, no, I guess I never realized that. Um, yeah. <laughs> last time I saw him, he had mutton chops and like. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my <mohawk>. god. <laughs> <laughs> so to say the least, uh, we're gonna dive a little bit into Pernicious and the collection. Um, whatever song you want to start off with first, you go right ahead, and then we'll do the uh, other I'll one right after that. With, I'll just start off with Pernicious. Um, Pernicious yeah. uh, was like the first taste on what we wanted to tease. Um, the fans with uh, with what we're bringing to the table with the new album. Right, right. Um, we wanted to demonstrate that we're bringing... The main word we wanted to use for the describing our album is mm. just huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's real, like, monstrous sounding, real atmospheric, like, just real punchy at the mm. same time, you know? Yeah. So that was something that we wanted to kind of demonstrate with Pernicious. We wanted to show that we're going to more of a larger sound and that we we're actually going to be bringing breakdowns back because yeah. a lot of people were disappointed that we didn't do a lot of breakdowns in Vital Deprivation. Right. Um, but at the same time, like all of us wanted to kind of experiment musically with the metal and that's how Vital yeah. Deprivation came out, you know, and it's a very, very strong album. Yeah, and hands down, like, Sorry. no, you're good. I've read, oh. Fucking, I have Vital Deprivation hung on my wall now, signed by the man himself because of an auction that, like, I participated in. That was really cool. And now, on top of everything, the mic, like, from the, like, not trying to go too on a tangent. But I'm just really proud that I have this dude's old mic from like old music videos and shit. Really, really cool stuff. But <laughs> that's actually a microphone that I got given um, for my first endorsement offer that I've ever gotten. And that was a test run. And um, it just stopped working. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, hey, hell yeah. I at least have yeah. a mic. Yeah. So like fucking I just. I was like, that was just like one of my trophy things and uh, for the nomads. I yeah. remember that they, yeah, it was, that was a really cool experience. And I did not expect to, like, I thought people were going to put at least half a thousand dollars into the oh, Mike no. and album. I don't know. I'm, I'm happy that we got the, what we did for that, to be completely honest, because it helped out as much as we could, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I really appreciate you actually participating in that. Hell yeah, man. That, that's the thing too. It's all about passion. It's all about like being as brotherly as possible, engaging community as much as possible. And especially like when Corona hit, when COVID hit, like I remember how like just distraught and depressed I was. And the funny thing is again and again and again, 
I'm not even a performer yet. I don't have a band. I don't have projects. I've never toured. And yet I was like just depressed and sad for everybody else in the scene. Because it's like, mm. uh, what the fuck are they going to do now? I mean, hopefully they have jobs when they get back home, but who fucking knows? And it like, I remember that. And I'm like, you know what? It would be cool to help out the people who have been helping them on the tour day after day after day. And that's the reason I did that hands down. And I never have regretted it since the freaking minute I did it. Cause that's what participation is. That's what just like getting involved in the thing that you love is. That's what this podcast is really is being able to sit down and talk with all these amazing people and engage, but kind of diving back into pernicious, <laughs> um, yes. wanted to review a little bit on the lyrical content. If that is something you would be interested in doing. Yeah, let's go for it. Hell yeah. So tell me a bit, like, tell me as much as you want, take as much time as you need. What is pernicious lyrically? Um, pernicious is um, being the state of where you have lost control of your vision. Mm. Um, not like actually like seeing vision, but like your goal. Yeah. yeah. And just being lost and just being controlled by this like uh, flesh and damnation becoming one. I use uh like possession, like I'm being possessed Yeah, as the controlling element of like the horror type demographic of writing style that I would, I go with. I use that kind of like as a possession type deal and like I'm losing control of like what my goal really was, you know? And like, because like over COVID, like I had a really strong realization because like I was supposed to be in Wuhan the day that, uh, oh, yeah? the pandemic got announced and China shut down. I was supposed oh. to be in Wuhan. I was in Bangkok supposed to go to Wuhan. That's and crazy. then we just went to Japan and cut those dates out and went to Japan instead. Shit. Yeah, yeah no, dude. I, I was like in the, I was like in the wake of that stuff with all my guys and like literally like we were scared. Um, Fucking, I was scared for all my friends that were out on the road at that time. Yeah. And like, just like that, like just the whole experience kind of like changed my mindset of like what I was really striving for, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I kind of like wanted to bring that in. And like, I was like pitching this idea around to the guys and like Bobby was like, I fucking love it. And then Corey, he was like, hell yeah, I'm all about it. And yeah. fucking everybody else just like, they're just like, yeah, let's fucking do this. And, um, not going to lie, I was really stoned one night watching Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and um, I was like, yo, I like, like, you know, like that whole like puppet scene where he's like controlling them from their veins See, and shit. Unfortunately, disclaimer, I have not seen any of those legendary horror oh, movies. Oh, boy, to educate yourself. <laughs> oh, you're missing out on some juice. Yeah. Oh, I mean, buddy. Oh, dude, I've gotten slapped in the face with A24. So, like, I'm kind of taking an indefinite break. But I love horror. I definitely love yeah, horror. Yeah. I love the classics. But after Hereditary, I'm not even kidding. I was traumatized. So I had to take a break from horror. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Yeah. It was rough. Like, it, it, it was really home-hitting for me. Because it's like, it, talking about Hereditary, it's just like, it's about a family. And, like, that shit does happen out in the world. We just don't really know about it. And hopefully it's not as gory or gruesome or graphic. But that shit does happen someplace in the world at some point in time even if it's not in the last century like that shit happened 
And like, that's what really smacked me in the face is like, holy shit, this is really, really realistic. But yeah, no, um, plenty of horror movies that I have yet to see plenty of horror movies that like, I really, really want to see. Um, and Freddy Krueger being one of them undoubtedly, but yeah, that's, that's really funny to know that it was like, yeah, fucking, cause like I was watching that and I saw it and I was like, yo, like what if we kind of like use this kind of shit to like influence our next music video since we're right. doing this for a single. Yeah. And then they're like, yo, like that'd be really cool to like actually like bring some like influential like mm-hmm. shit like that and actually kind of like show that it's like what it because like i'm a fucking horror film like junkie dude i can literally like almost like speak out the words of like hellraiser and shit <laughs> it's like it's bad i'm not gonna lie it's bad I, i'm i'm all about my movies man but um yeah but like that's pernicious in a nutshell nice um yeah like it's funny because that was like the first song that we actually just wrote on skype I thought she yeah, really cool. like, yeah, like start to finish, we were just like, "How are we gonna do this song?" First time we ever like sat down and just recorded in a DAW and sent stuff back and forth, um, and then moving forward, uh, we started writing the collection, right? Uh, and this, the collection was actually supposed to be on the record. Oh, okay. That's but cool. uh, everybody like. We, we felt like we weren't showing all like the fans that like the heavy spot side of signs. We felt like we didn't give them enough of the heaviness yeah. with pernicious. And then we were like, yo, or how about we just take this fucking ass beater dude and fucking <laughs> just launch Spank it out. It's <laughs> like, just like, just give it to him, dude. And yeah. And, uh, like that, so that we were just like, yeah, let's fucking do it then. Because like the collection started off as like one riff. Like it was just like, that's going to start the next song, you know? And we'll just like stash that later. Hell fucking. Yeah. And then like, we're writing it. And I was like, yo, it'd be so fire. If like, we had like two features on this. Dude. Oh my gosh. The thing is projects like angel maker and that song quite literally, they are what inspired like they really really got me into just doing like back and forth just having these like angry ass looking dudes bouncing back and forth that way the stances aren't too overwhelming i'm planning on doing that with like five people while she sleeps demonstrates it really well it's just resonance it's resonance it's harmony in a sense it's a different type of harmony for sure with the with the collection and angel maker content per se but nonetheless it brings it shows how well these musicians work together and I thought it was really fucking cool to have Matt Honeycutt and Nick from Wild Yeah, Time dude, Solution. fucking that that was it was really cool to like kind of watch that come to life because like Nick, he he's influenced me with Molotov Solution so much. Like literally you can if you look hard enough, you could definitely find me covering like three Molotov Solution songs that are like 10 years old. Um they're fucking absolutely horrible. I don't advise anyone to watch them. <laughs> but just saying, they're out there if you want to look for them. Right. And uh, Matt, ever since I've heard the song Color Code, dude, fucking like, and then um, like I just started following him. They like he did a feature for the, this band from Pittsburgh that um, I was really into called Those Who Fear. Ooh, okay. Uh, he did a feature for them, and like I always wanted to work with him uh like doing like just a collaboration in some way you know yeah and like uh 
like I ended up meeting him like in shows and stuff like through like in Providence life and everything. And um, he him and Bobby uh, became decent friends over just like running into each other on tour and stuff. And Bobby just sent him up. He was like, hey, you want to do it? And he was like, fuck, yeah, dude, let's fucking go. <laughs> and, I, and then we were like, fucking, all right, who are we going to get for the next one? And I was like, well, fucking, I've been talking to Nick Arthur on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm going to shoot my shot. (laughs) And fucking, he was all about it, dude. Fucking, because, like, believe it or not, like, I have his song Rise is what influenced me to, like, get my knuckles done. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, um, like, that song pretty much, like, I got it tattooed on my knuckles. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking. I was a super fan of Molotov Solution. I will definitely say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel really bad because, like, I only really got into, like, Deathcore, Slam, all that fun stuff back in 2018, December of 2018. Uh, and before that, I listened to, like, Whitechapel and Chelsea Grin, but not really anything. Like, I didn't know about Molotov Solution, at least. So, like, I missed out on a good chunk of history. Yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of, like... Where, like, they were underground and just starting to peek into, like, a major, like, kind of, like, view type deal. Um, Like, there's so many bands and, like, it just happened with... it just happens. <laughs> it just happens. Like, yeah. Fucking, yeah. Like, <laughs> shit, there's, I'm still, every day, I hear something new that I never would have thought of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fucking just like everybody finds their own little thing that kind of, you know what i mean like yeah. their own little niche sound and it just yeah like, hey, you know this fucking, is top solution or this is this is signs of the swarm they got the bug logo exactly, going on yeah <laughs> exactly and it's fucking cool um speaking lyrically for the collection was there anything that you approached differently like did matt or nick help you write the lyrics per se or um well like, all right, I kind of came to them with the whole gist of what I wanted to do lyrically for the song. Okay. And, um, like, they wrote their part. Like, I gave... All right, this is, like, kind of how it happened. So, Nick confirmed 100%, and Matt, like, we had the, yeah, let's go, but we didn't have, like, the 100%, like, yeah. confirmation yet, so... We were kind of like waiting to hear from that. So I was just like, all right, well, I'll just get it started with Nick. And I gave Nick the idea of like what I had going on in the beginning to the first chorus. And I was like, here, this is what I'm going on. This is what I got going on. Um, I was like, this is super preliminary stage. You know what I mean? If I can give any suggestions, throw them out. Like, Mm -hmm. because like literally like, dude helped shape me as a musician you know what i mean yeah. fucking to get to work with a guy fucking let's go yeah you know what i mean um so like he started uh writing a little bit and he was like hey i got this idea uh like i want to kind of like do this at this time and then like i want to come back in the chorus again and yeah. i was like all right fuck yeah dude let's go let's go you know and um so he wrote his chorus part and then um that's whenever like we were like okay matt's getting involved now and then we just (laughs) passed it over to matt and matt like was like yeah i got this no problem and fucking he writes his part and then 
it came to the trading part. <laughs> this is yeah. the part that was the hardest to coordinate, to be completely honest. It took um, an Instagram video call, a Skype call, and then um, ended up just like kind of like doing like some mapping trails because like we wrote it together. Like what if we were like doing like this and then like this and this and that, you know, and um, and then it came down to like, all right, let's just like map out this idea and let's see like how it kind of works and then um, I did my part. I filled in like a couple spots and like left a bunch of gaps. And then uh, Nick filled in his spots and then Matt filled in his spots. And yeah, we like fucking Monster. let's go. Yeah. Monster like, track. And that's ugh, like that was so, so satisfying to play that fucking song live, bro. Like Dude. I am so fucking stoked. Dude, that's going to be really cool. And like, hell, if. <laughs> If by chance they happen to not be there for those people who know or whatever, that's really up to yeah, the guys I, themselves. I but. strongly encourage everybody to run to stage and just <laughs> yell the fucking words in my face and I'll shove that mic in your fucking mouth. <laughs> you did it with me after all. <laughs> so. Yeah, dude, again, oh I'm, I God. highly encourage people to come up and start yelling in my fucking face. Like, that's my fucking shit. Like seeing people actually like loving it and enjoying it and just like letting go of just like going through the cycle, dude, you know, letting go of that social wall and just being like, fuck it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just fucking have a good time. Yeah. And like, oh, my God, I cannot describe how just like innovative, fun, chaotic, but in the most healthy way that experience was. We, I'm like, you have like, the I'm mic in my mouth. I've been to play fucking shows, man. There's Dude. times where like I'm just like fucking watching them just so I could get like the kind of like mental feeling that I was there, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> <laughs> But, dude, oh, my God, I remember that. It was so funny. You had, like, the mic in my mouth. We were going back and forth. And next thing I know, I turn around, and there's this guy in a wheelchair coming over. And then they just, Yeah, dude, fucking, like, dude, fucking crowd surfing was so fucking sick. That was great, man. That was so great. And that night ended up actually being a date. Um, and it was with like a really, really cool person who's still a really good friend of mine. No names disclosed, but like, that was iconic as fuck. Just actually <laughs> being able to go to a concert for these, she's like, like type of bands and just, she's like, yeah, hell yeah. I love this. I'm like, is she the one who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a night, man. But, um, yeah, no, I appreciate you, uh, like kind of giving me that just like, holy shit, I've actually done that now. And then. I went to Body Snatcher two years later. I got on sh- I got on stage shirtless, and the mic was muted. I was doing, like, Darius's part for the death of me, and the mic was fucking muted. I was going all out because I didn't give a shit. But the, uh, that was, like, so embarrassing. <laughs> it's okay, though, because that, that's, like, it helped me get into that mindset of, like, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to just be on stage and lyrically orchestrating what's going on what everybody's there for but kind of taming that (laughs) and going into the fourth and last question that we have for mr david simonich the third here how can signs of the swarm break its boundaries next as a band anything this next record um literally there is so many curve there are so many curveballs on this record um, I can't really like disclose those, but realistically, I know that this next record 
is going to take us to next new, like just newer heights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's anyone who has heard it within the industry has literally said that this is the best signs of the swarm record to ever be created. Hell yeah. And, And, um, it is just, I feel like that just time will show. Yeah. And, um, if I'm remembering this correctly, not to like provide any details whatsoever. Um, but this is definitely going to be something for the summer, right? Yes. Uh, throughout the rollout of these next couple months, just going to be constantly getting smacked with shit. Like literally like fucking the time has come. (laughs) Yep. 2021 is the year for music to come back. People, we got shows coming back. We got plenty of shit going on. I'm fucking hyped. Um, is there anything you want to plug or just like kind of mention represent before we go ahead and end this session? Um, I just want to give a shout out to all of my team members that work with us. Uh, thank you guys for all your hard work. You know who you are. Um, and thank you for uh, having me on your podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Very good vibes. Super chill. Yeah, good. More than happy to hear. Well, that was David Simonich the third of Signs of the Swarm. The man, the myth, the legend. The guy who has helped me just enjoy and experience so many awesome opportunities as a developing vocalist as a developing creative entrepreneur such as himself thank you guys for stopping by and stay tuned for next weekend in which guaranteed we will be with sign or not signs of the swarm oops mental cruelty we'll be hanging out with mental cruelty and plenty of other bands if you're a band and want to get on this podcast be sure to email me on any of my social medias get in contact with me just like others have already and yeah Have a good night, buddy.